0: Hey everyone, it's Adam again and welcome. We are continuing on in Nehemiah and I'm very excited to continue to go through the Bible with you guys, verse by verse, through Nehemiah, just telling this story and discovering the timeless truths that are captured in this book that are so relevant to us today. And today we are talking about how we can be friends together in generosity that we as a community are a people defined by generosity, and uh, and we see this in the book of Nehemiah. We last week we talked about um, the oppression of the poor that was going on. We had these ungodly rich folks. There are some godly rich folks out there in the world, but in this case, in Nehemiah chapter five, it was ungodly rich, extorting and taking advantage of. Very godly poor people, people who dedicated themselves to um, to the work of the kingdom. They were rebuilding the city of God, the temple of God, and focusing on, in particular, building the the walls. Um, many of which, whom uh, just. You know, every day they'd wake up, they'd pick up their sword to fight off against their enemies and the trowel to brick by brick continue to lay the foundation of the wall and see the city restored to dignity and glory so that the worship of their God could continue um, again in that place. And it's and those people were being oppressed and taken advantage of um, by one, the overtaxing government and two, the ungodly rich uh, folks who owned the land and had um, and, and other assets and were just taking advantage of them. And even uh, so much so that they brought their, even their own people's uh, kids into, into be their slaves and to serve them in that way. Um, and Nehemiah steps in as a leader, as someone marked by generosity and says, guys, this has to stop This is not who we are as a people. We are a people marked by generosity, and he takes the lead. And we see this in verses 14 to 19. He takes the lead, and he is the most generous out of all the leaders um, that, uh, well, many leaders in history, certainly many leaders throughout the scriptures, he's just, you know, he's, he's doing the work for free and he is giving up of his personal uh wealth of all he has for the God's purposes and kingdoms to God's people and it's really beautiful so i'm excited to dive into this and i want to actually start with understanding where are we as a nation with generosity and giving um the where's the average canadian at where wh- what's what is the water that we swim in because I think as Canadians we often view ourselves as very benevolent, very kind, nice, and good people, um, and so let's look at some hard facts um, about giving stats. Uh, the data that I that I found comes from 2010. If somebody has a more recent data, that'd be great. I'd love to take a look at that. But um, for many of us, like we grew up in this water. This is. Uh, so we, this is what we breathe. This is what we live in. This is what we understand uh, about generosity. And I think we'll be surprised by what we discover here because, um, well, it shocked me to be honest. And, uh, and so here we go. The average annual amount that a person in Canada gives who's over 15 years old is $446. You say, Oh, is that uh, is that per month? No, that's per year. That's per year. Four hundred forty-six dollars. Say, wow, you know, almost five hundred bucks. That's a lot. And if you say uh, compare that to what God's people were expected to give, let's say at least just their tithe of ten percent. If you take say the average income in Canada or whatever, you know, so let's say it's. I actually should have looked that up, but um, let's say it's around $30,000 or $40,000. We're actually talking about that the average giving, uh, according to the Old Testament, would let's say it's 10% of that, should have been $3,000 to $4,000 that year. And instead, Canadians are giving 10% of that even. So we're talking about less than 1%. So we're talking $446 on average per person in Canada. The median, if you had to divide all the numbers in half and and pick the number in the middle and say, all right, half the numbers are above that, half the numbers are below that, uh, the median is actually $125, which means very large donations pull up the average by a, a significant amount. And most people only give $125. Twenty-five dollars as the median amount, and so some very large donations pull up that average. Um, if you look by income level, because uh, you you might say, well, you know, like people are just trying their best. We're all trying to make it in this world and uh, and figure things out. And you actually, if you divide things um, by income level, those who make one hundred and twenty thousand dollars on average. Um, give an annual amount, an average annual amount of $744. You say again, per month? It's like, no, 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 not per month, per year, annual amount of $744. That's approximately 0.62%, so less than 1%. So we're talking about the, the, the 1% in society give less than 1%. As charitable donations, um, between those who make eighty thousand and a hundred thousand, the average uh, that they give is about four hundred and twenty-seven dollars, holding steady at around zero point four to zero point five percent, depending if you take the low end of the range or the high end of the range. So, wow, surprising, like. Less than 1%. So you have to 10x, and in the case of this, we're actually around the half a percent mark. You have to 20x that number to get to a tithe, 10%. And God's people in the Old Testament, they also had to give over and above the 10%. They had to give almost an additional 10% towards the regular feasts and festivals and celebrations that they would have, um, as well as a few percent uh, for other special cases and leaving the corners of their fields, the gleanings of the fields, allowing the widows and orphans to come through the fields, uh, pick whatever had been, um, had been dropped or left behind, as well as um, leave the corners of their fields totally unharvested for them to harvest from. And so we're talking about an upwards of 25% of, uh, that uh, the Old Testament people of God were to give. Like, we are meant to be marked by generosity. And Canadians, as we're discovering, are not that at all. Um, If you talk about religious Canadians, the numbers change a little bit. Um, And so, first off, it says, people who are more religiously active, i.e., those who attend religious meetings or services at least once a week, are more inclined to donate and, on average, make larger donations. Okay, so that's good news. That means people who regularly participate, if you show up to church every week, if you participate in R3 R3 every week, you are more likely to uh, give and be generous and give more than the average Canadian. So that must be saying something. Um, 83% of people who attend less than every week give, this surprised me, less than the average of a non-religious person. (laughs) <laughs> that should floor you. So if you don't participate in R3 every week, if you don't go to church uh, every Sunday and participate in a worship service, like if you, if this isn't part of your regular life, but you like to pretend, you like to hang out, you're kind of half in, you're kind of half out. Um, in, in the book of Revelation, Jesus calls those people uh, lukewarm, that they're actually good for nothing, that we might as well just, they're, he just wants to spit them out of his mouth. They're not even cold and refreshing. They're not even hot and good for cooking food. They're actually good for not much at all. He just wants to spit them out. So if you kind of pretend you play church and you only come once in a while, once a month, or maybe even only twice a month, your average amount that you give is actually less than the average Canadian. They're actually less generous. And that would make a lot of sense because we have, you know, you'd you'd be wearing this mask of, of a life where you're pretending to be something that you actually are not. It's very interesting. Um, 93% of people who are religiously active um, had given money. So that number is huge. Uh, Religiously active donors on average give an annual amount of $1,004. So that blows the average Canadian out of the water. So amazing. Um, Still, If we're talking about even the basic tithe, that would mean that the average Christian or the average religious person uh, in Canada makes only $10,000 a year. And we know that's not the case, right? So we're still not even giving close to uh, and we're still not being marked by the generosity that is put on God's people in the Old Testament here. If you separate it by, um, by age, old people tend to give more as an amount. Um, less people, obviously less because old people are making way more money. So those 75 plus on average give $725. Um, between 35 and 44, the average there, 431. That's close to the Canadian average. And 15 to 24, the average is $143. This is all annual amounts, not monthly amounts. <clears throat> if you take the median though, these numbers change drastically. So 75 plus, instead of the average, if you take the median, it drops down to $231. That means old people make, like some old people make massive donations and that drags the average way up. Um, But the median is actually $231 annually, which is terrifyingly small. Um, if you separate religious people by age, uh, it said that there's, there's no, there's little statistical difference, which means, uh, young people and old people alike all believe and are all aiming to be marked by generosity, which is really cool. So, um, so attending church, going to church, participating in church, serving in church, um, going to worship Jesus together with your friends uh, doesn't matter how old you are you you will all share a similar heart and a, a similar um, markedness of generosity which is really cool I think that is. Um, Really neat. Uh, Top donors in this country give 83% of total donations. Typical Pareto distribution, 80-20, right? Um, And okay, but here's what I found fascinating. What does it take to be considered a top donor in Canada? How much money would you have to give in Canada to be considered a top donor? And that is only $358 to be considered a top donor in Canada and to be included in that percentage. That is wild. Remember, these are all annual amounts. Um, and here's, here's uh, now's a good time to get into reasons, okay? So they actually asked people, which I found fascinating, why or why not do you give, do you not give more? 71% of people say they cannot afford to give any more. For those households making $120,000 a year, I don't believe that for a second. (laughs) I've barely made more than minimum wage my entire life. And we've definitely been able to give more than 1% of our income. In fact, since I met Jesus, we have strived to give 10% tithe and be wildly generous beyond our tithe. We found a way. We can we could afford it. When I was working part-time uh, and Emily was working part-time and we gave all of our time to the church, we found that we could give still and survive in the city by giving way more than what people making $120,000 a year give, right? Um, so uh, 64% of people are happy with what they give to charity. So if you ask an average Canadian... Say, hey, are you happy with the amount that you donate every year? Um, I say, yeah, yeah, I'm happy with it. Most of them, most people, right? 64% say, yeah, I'm pretty happy with how much I give to charity every year. This, So this is how you know this is the water we swim in. Our idea, Our idea of what it means to be generous is totally warped, totally skewed, and totally ungodly. And we need a massive perspective change in how we Uh, and how we think about what it means to be a generous person in our society because Canadians most of them give half a percent or less if they even give and they're totally happy with that 33 percent do not like the way in which requests were made and so therefore did not give or would not give more they did not like the way in which requests were made so it's very interesting right it's like uh we make it's almost like an excuse right it's like i see a need i know i'm supposed to do this i would give more but i you have to ask me in only a particular way right only do it in this if you ask me this way then i would give more but since you asked me this way i'm not gonna i'm not gonna contribute at all it's very strange way to think about stuff. Um, 37% of people did not give more because they did not think the money would be used efficiently. This is a, a, a truly, this is a massive problem amongst nonprofits. Um, Most of the dollars go towards the administration. Um, We have aimed in the life of our church uh, to give um, significantly to outside of our church operations, right? So throughout the course of most of our life of a church, we've given up to thirty percent at most churches, including very big megachurches. If they, if, if they have a, a budget that goes out, um, you're considered very generous as a church if you give ten percent of your budget out. And historically, I, um, I'm proud to say, as Trinity Life Church, because of the generosity of our people, we've been able to give upwards of 30% outside of our church to efforts that are just kingdom efforts, either in our city or in the world. And that's awesome. I love that. Whether it's other church plants uh, or other organizations or people doing the work um, or towards global efforts, we've been able to put Upwards of 30%. And that is really cool. That is something to be proud of, Trinity Life. Um, Let's see if we can continue to do that into the future. And I think a lot of this just goes to prove, in Canada, the water we swim in is not a kingdom perspective around money. It's not a kingdom perspective around money at all. Um, I'm happy to report, I'm happy to report, that the top givers at Trinity Life Church give way more, way more. We're talking that 10 to 20x more than the average Canadian. The average Canadian gives half a percent. You know, the top givers at Trinity Life, they give 10% and then some. You know, and so thank you. If you if you give to Trinity Life at all, and I should say thank you basically to everyone who gives more than $350, as these stats would say, (laughs) because then you're a top giver in this whole country. Anybody who's given more than $350 to Trinity Life, thank you. Thank you for contributing. Thank you um, for your generosity. But especially to those who strive for God's standards in these things, thank you for your contribution, it is the only way that we're going to come through a season where we are broken and battered, but we're able to build. We're only ever able to build because of faithful and generous people. Um, So we get to this place. So let's start reading the scripture at this point. Okay. So coming off of where we were last week, and I would encourage you to go back and watch last week if you didn't get a chance. It's, uh, coming in v- verse 14. Moreover, from the time that I, that's Nehemiah, was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah from the 20th year to the 32nd year of Artaxerxes, the king, that's king of Babylon, 12 years, right? So that was what he requested. Hey, I need to go on this mission. He has no idea if this tyrant king is going to allow him this request or not. I want you to pay for it. I want 12 years vacation from my job. I want you to resource the whole thing, um, both in your physical resources from the timber from your personal royal forest. I want the military and the king's servants to participate in this effort. Uh, And here it is. He was appointed governor for 12 years. Years. Neither I nor my brothers ate the food allowance of the governor. Okay, so uh, Nehemiah um, was was a political leader. We know this. He's different from a religious leader, but he is still a godly leader, right? He's a governor. He has certain rights as the governor to eat of the food allowance that would provide for him and his family, his household, um, and he chooses not to take that. He chooses not to take that. And we're going to get into uh, more of Nehemiah's generosity in the future. But I want to pause here for a moment. And I, I was just interested. I thought, you know, how much do our political leaders uh, give to charity? Like, how, how do they participate in charitable giving personally? Right? Because it's easy to promise uh That you're going to do a whole bunch of things with other people's money. So, hey, we're going to take a whole bunch of tax dollars and give it to those struggling people there. Hey, we're going to take a whole bunch of tax dollars. We're going to do this uh, great thing over here, right? That doesn't count as generosity. It doesn't count. (laughs) It's that you personally are accountable for your own generosity out of your personal finances. And that that is the only way to judge if you are generous or not right? We don't get to strike altruistic bonus points because we give away other people's money. It just doesn't work like that. Um, And so I did a Google search, you know, how much does uh, Justin Trudeau give to charity? Simple Google search. This is not a political conversation. It has nothing to do with where I may or may not lean politically. He's our current prime minister, so I Googled it up. Uh, How much does Justin Trudeau give to charity? All that came up for pages and pages on the Google search was scandals of how Justin Trudeau approved donations of tax dollars to charity and then his own pers- his own family members personally benefited, uh, it's hard to tell exactly what the numbers were, but between a quarter million and half a million dollars from that exact charity in which he signed the check for. And those were for speaking engagements or otherwise that his personal family was involved in for, uh, for that charity, okay? And that's just a different heart from Nehemiah. That's just a different heart, you know? He says, neither I or my brother's, So I have a right as a political leader to benefit from the food allowance of which I'm going to choose not to exercise that right, right? Because Nehemiah understands what his people are going through and he's making decisions to benefit the people as opposed to himself. He could choose to benefit himself, but he chooses not to. And so because it was hard to find the exact numbers for the Canadian uh, government, um, it's a lot easier to find this stuff for the uh, American government. So the current administration in the U.S. gives less than 2%, gives less than 2%, okay? And so what I would like to just put out there into the world is that people need to not tell people what to do with their money if they are not doing it themselves, right? It's very easy as a government leader to, to put forward a whole bunch of ideals and idealistic values, but then not participate in the things that you're talking about, okay? So watch what people do and not what they say, okay? So here's Nehemiah then here's what he's doing. He's not seeking the personal benefit when he has every right to. He's seeking the benefit of God's people. The former governor, let's continue to read. The former governors who were before me laid heavy burdens on the people and took from them for their daily ration 40 shekels of silver. Even their servants lorded it over the people, but I did not do so because of the fear of God. Okay, it's his faith, it's his kingdom perspective that means even though he uh, has a right to something, a legal right, he chooses not to do it. I also persevered in the work on this wall, and we acquired no land, and all my servants were gathered there for the work. Okay, as the governor... You get to make decisions uh, for where development is going to happen, right? So we're going to put a whole bunch of resources into this neighborhood. We are going to do a bunch of development and work on this organization in this place, in this town, right? And so um, what you could do and what would be tempting to do is before any of those allocations and investments are made, before any of those plans are announced, is to go in and buy up a bunch of real estate in that area and then make a, a... make those uh, contributions and make those allocations so that the the value of that area rises in price and you own a bunch of assets there that you can then sell at a higher price. And you have insider information that allows you to make better financial decisions for your own personal gain um, above and beyond the average person. Okay. So you have a a strategic financial edge on everybody else. And this is Nehemiah saying, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I didn't use my strategic knowledge um, to personally benefit myself in that way. But guys, this is a huge problem. This is a huge problem. And this happens all the time. One of my, this is one thing that I think uh, you know, politically, and I'll share this: is I don't think our political leaders should be able to own and trade uh, stocks and equities because they're regulating those businesses, right? And whatever you can make, whatever laws to say they should or they shouldn't. Um, but what I would love to see is someone who has a kingdom heart and a kingdom perspective, and says, even though I could have a financial edge right? And personally benefit myself. I won't do that. I won't do that for the sake of my own reputation, for the sake of my faith and fear of God, and for the sake of the people that I want to be accountable to and that I want to benefit. No land and all my servants were gathered there for the work. Okay, so he's working for free. He's not personally benefiting from this. And let's continue reading. Verse 17, moreover, there were at my table, 150 men, Jews and officials, besides those who came to us from the nations that were around us at my table. So he every day is feeding 150 people at his house (laughs) of God's people and of the nations. Okay. So there's great diversity at this table. And now Oh, sorry, verse 18. Now what was prepared at my expense for each day, okay? So each time this happened was one ox, six choice sheep, and birds. So like chickens or quail or whatever. And every 10 days, all kinds of wine in abundance. So he would throw a party, right? So he's bringing in people out of his personal finances. He's working for free and out of his personal finances, he is feeding people both from inside Uh, God's house and outside God's house and he's doing it in abundance. And every 10 days he throws a big party and a big celebration. If you want to know why we do a meal at R3, it's because we like to party, man. We like to have people around a table. Guys, your R3 leaders are so generous. Right? Because they coordinate food. We're frequently uh, pitching in for the meals at our house. And uh, for many, many, many years, we were the sole provider of a lot of those meals for a lot of people. And so are, so is the case for many of your leaders. They have people over to their homes. They feed them. They talk to them about Jesus. They encourage them in their faith. They help them along. Guys, we have some really really generous leaders who set the table and invite people in. And that's what we want for you guys too, is to have a big table where lots of people are there and lots of people are blessed. And it is generous with good meat and good wine. Let's continue to read. Yet for all this, I did not demand the food allowance of the governor because the service was too heavy on this people. Nehemiah is deeply discerning of what the people need of what is appropriate in his role, and what will help the kingdom mission. Nehemiah values the mission of God's kingdom, and he loves blessing God's people. And I love that heart. So where are we going as a church? We want you to be generous like Nehemiah. Not just our leaders, but all of us. If you consider Trinity Life Church your home, become a covenant member and be generous like Nehemiah, we want to see you motivate people towards kingdom work. In this case, it's building the wall, rebuilding the ruined city and rebuilding the temple to restore worship. In our case it's bringing people into our house and bring them around a table and showing them a different way to live and connecting them with their with their father in heaven through the finished work of Jesus on the cross who died in their place for their sins and now they can have freedom and relationship with god We want you to cast a kingdom vision for your neighborhood. We want you to uh, interconnect and interlink with the small business owners and the organizational leaders and your neighbor across the street who's struggling and just cast a kingdom vision for what could be accomplished where you live and where you are rooted. We want you to gather the broken and the battered people from all around the world and share the good news of Jesus with them. We want you to throw great parties. I want all of us at Trinity Life to know how to throw good parties that are a blessing to people and are generous hospitality right? When you invite people over, don't cheap out. Don't get the no-name brand. Go for the good stuff, you know? Don't get that yellowtail wine. Go to the vintage section and get something from Napa Valley. Get something from New Zealand, right? A nice Zinfandel or Cabernet Sauvignon. That's my favorite, right? Bring out the wine every 10 days and be generous, right? And all that all that will make you a leader and will be integral for you making disciples and sharing your life. Luke 16, verse 10 says, one who's faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who is uh, dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. If then you uh, have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you with true riches And if you've not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate this one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other, because you cannot serve God and money. I want you, no matter how much you earn, no matter what stage of life you are in, to be faithful with the very little that you have. Right? We see religious people only give $1,000. That means that if they're tithing, they only make $10,000 a year. I know that is not the case for most of us. right? I know that is not the case for most of us. And so if we, if we are faithful with very little, we get true riches. right? If we're faithful in that which is another's, which by the way, everything that we have is God's. Everything that we have is God's. Then you get something to be your very own. Then, I know we're all longing for that day, but I just want to buy this house, but I just want to get this car, but I just want to have this career. I just want to have... Guys, if you want that stuff for yourself, you get it. You get it. And God will give it to you. If you are faithful with little, then he will entrust to you much. No servant can serve two masters. You can't serve God and money. So let's serve God. He will bless you with money. Oftentimes. Steward what little you have. And even, and I'm not preaching prosperity theology here. Even if you have to wait till the next life, guys, we'll be sleeping on streets of gold. Even if there's homeless people in heaven, they're sleeping on a bed of pure gold. (laughs) Look at that. Because this is the water we swim in. We have a nation that hates God and loves money. And we grew up in that. I grew up in that. I grew up in this nation. I grew up with those types of parents. We have a nation that wants divine riches. We want. We know people want divine riches, right? But they steal and rob from God, right? If you took the amount, I think it's something like $10 billion is what is given in charitable giving every year. If you had to 10x that or 20x that to make up for uh, the Just the tithe, this, if you had to get that up to 10%, we're robbing from God $190 billion every year as a nation. If we can recover in this season and be faithful in very little, which our budget has shrunken a lot so that we can steward what, the very little that we have very well, and if we are faithful in that, and if we continue to give generously as a people, like we have for so many years, I firmly believe that God will bless those efforts, and he's going to do amazing things to build the kingdom in this city. God will do amazing things to build the kingdom in this city, and you get to be a part of it. And so today, guys, today is the last day, the last day of the Global Gift campaign. Global Gift being how we engage globally and locally Please consider on this last day of the global gift how much you and your family will contribute to the kingdom work in this city. And I bless you in Jesus name to experience the abundance of the kingdom in which God has poured out for you. I bless you to know that everything you have comes from him, and if you steward that which is not yours, then you will be blessed with what can be truly yours truly yours and it's all made possible by jesus finished work on the cross in which he gave up his life as a ransom for many so that we could be set free set free from the tyranny of money and have true abundance in the kingdom of god so i leave you guys with that have fun unpacking this with your r3 leaders and guys just discuss today How's it going with the global gift? How's it going with your regular giving? How's it going with being generous to people in your life? How's it going with tithing? How's it going with, with going over and above your tithing? And remember, the global gift is part of the over and above category. Give regularly, give generously, sacrificially, cheerfully, right? And then come to the global gift and give over and above that. Give over and above that. And let's see amazing things happen. All right, guys, that's it for me. Have fun in your R3s and we will see you again soon.